What, which, this, that, or the other? From Bonnaroo to Coachella, traversing the music festival landscape can be tricky. That's where we come in with high fives for everyone. The What Podcast with Brad, Barry, Lord Taco, dedicated to exploring the entire festival scene. Brad has worked in the radio industry for more than 20 years and currently lives in Brooklyn, where he is program director for three stations, including one in New York, one in Detroit, and one in Miami. Barry's been a reporter for the Chattanooga Times Free Press, covering all aspects of the entertainment industry since 1987. That's before you were born. Lord Taco, the smart guy who makes these podcasts on our website at thewhatpodcast.com work. Also really good at identifying babies, loves blue-haired moms, PBR, and his beautiful Volkswagen bus. We all fell in love with the Bonnaroo Festival years ago, not only because of the amazing bands that play there every year, but also because of the incredible community spirit that has developed around it. Radiate positivity. And we really like talking about the inside baseball stuff when it comes to putting on a huge music festival. So join us. You can hear the What Podcast on the Consequence Podcast Network or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Hey pod people, Engineer Adam here, jumping in for a quick second to let you know about the brand new all-in-one platform for all of you creative podcasters out there. Anchor makes it easier than ever to make a podcast. It's free to use and has all the creation tools you need to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Plus, Anchor will get your podcast set up on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Even better, Anchor helps you connect with sponsors, even if you're just starting out. It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Back to the show. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to this week's episode of This Must Be The Gig. I am your host, Leo Phillips, and each week we draw the dusty curtains to unveil the inside-outs of the music industry. We're essentially your backstage pass to the world of live music, and over the course of the months that follow us, we'll have our favorite musicians telling us about the one gig that changed their life, set designers, sound engineers, and much, much more. We'll always try our best our bestest of bestestes, to pick apart the modern idea of music fandom and just really talk about the artist-audience connection, which I know that we all find so interesting. And here with me in the studio is engineer and producer Adam Kibble. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, how's it going? Oh, it's just the American accent for an hour, huh? <laughs> Let's all try to talk Americans. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited for this week's episode, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary gentle humans of the class of 2018, if I could offer you only one tip for the future, earplugs would be it. The long-term benefits of earplugs have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice now. <laughs> So my goal for the show has never really been to only reveal how the rabbit gets pulled out of the hat when it comes to the magic of live music, but also bring to light concerns and issues that the industry faces daily. And sometimes those aren't, you know, 
the easiest yeah. things to talk about. Sometimes they can be a little bit uncomfy, but I think uh, the more uncomfy, the better. Absolutely. And we really want to cover and tackle industry problems and look for immediate and actionable solutions as opposed to just like going over them in our heads. And just wallowing in the sadness. Wallowing in the sadness. Because the thing is that a lot of the issues are prevalent at most of the festivals and live performances around the world. So I think that it's a really good way to just bring light to something in a very casual way. But my goal is always to find a solution. Steps forward. It's always the best way to go. <laughs> so what, what are we going to walk towards in the future? What's on the docket today? So today the challenge is ear safety and how the hell to make earplugs sexy. Shexy. So <laughs> so much of even just the word, like plug. plug. It kind of really forbids us from finding earplugs even remotely appealing. You know, how many times have you shoved those gigantic squishy neon foam plugs into your ears only to catch a glimpse of yourself in the reflection of like a nearby puddle and there before you a Shrek-like character complete with bulging neon tubes. I always just thought of them as sort of like marshmallows I'm jamming into my ears for no reason. And to be honest, they I, I'm not surprised why people don't want to wear those. And yes, they are definitely helpful. It's better than having this naked ear. <laughs> Plugs. Yeah, naked. <laughs> sexy. But I mean, really, the the live music world, you know, it wasn't designed to be the signpost for a new campaign about hearing loss and hearing awareness. Fans certainly stand as an interesting case study, you know, of living life at risk every time we go to a festival and i think that we are generation wide for sound so this is a huge issue and i've i've tackled it before because i am a devout obsessive with paranoia about damaging my ears at live shows i don't know if you are as well oh yeah i mean walking around every single day with headphones on going to shows every weekend it just you you don't think about it's it constant. until it's too late sometimes but you know mm. we've we've collected some data investigated with a bunch of professionals, we want to share some details before we even get into our main chat this week. So, are you ready? Are you ready? One billion people under the age of 35 are at risk of hearing loss due to recreational exposure to loud sounds. That's a one with nine zeros, which is almost, what, the population of China? China and India are just slightly more than that, yeah. Uh, it's, it's frightening. Uh, and also, according to the World Health Organization... The overall cost of unaddressing that hearing loss globally could be up to $750 billion. What? $750 billion? Yes. We could, we could save that money by each Actually spending preventing. a few bucks on some earplugs. <laughs> a few buckaroos. Not and only I would you be saving the money, you'd be saving your ears, which is more important. It's very important for us to make it clear that more than 50 million people suffer from tinnitus, which is that ringing in your ears. Some people have described it to me as bacon sizzling in a pan. Tinnitus is often caused by repeated exposure to loud sounds. And the word tinnitus it is not cool. You immediately think of somebody in the older age spectrum, and it's as if it can't happen to you. And you know, last year, actually come to think of it now, I spoke to Dr. Le Guin Sherlock, a clinical audiologist with the best name in the world. She's the board chair of the American Tinnitus Association, and she compares dealing with tinnitus to a candle. So picture a dark room. If you add one candle to the room, you'll notice it immediately. But then if you light a candle in a room full of light, full of other candles, you don't really notice it. In her mind, tinnitus is a sense of noise that fills a missing gap 
even when there's nothing there to cause it. So it's like if you're in a dark room, it's like, well, we might as well light a candle here. Oh, and that candle happens to be this bur- exactly. burbling, squeaking noise <laughs> in your ears. It's it's terrible. And, and in the air, hair cells obviously act as those sensory receptors, detecting the little vibrations of sound waves in the environment. And then it makes so much sense that prolonged exposure to loud noises can damage those cells. And again, I spoke to another man, Sal Gentile, from the National Support Group Liaison for the ATA. He lives with severe tinnitus. And he says that for him, the best way to describe it was that hair cells function almost like a field of grass. So every time you hear music, that grass is being stepped on. And it eventually those cells, they can't stand up. And, and that sounds horrifying. And it's important to remember those hair cells don't just grow back like my badly trimmed bangs did. <laughs> they, they're not regular blades of grass. They're like synthetic grass. And I've even spoken, again, another name check, Zelani Nodir, who's an audiologist at the Ear Institute in Pretoria in South Africa. She also describes it as synthetic grass. So even if your hopes are to prevent hearing loss, you might have hearing damage already to those little hair cells in your ear. And maybe if it's like an acoustic guitar, that's like someone softly stepping on the grass. But if you're listening to, you know, death metal right next to the speakers, which that's we're just not like judging, rolling over that grass with a truck, and it ain't coming back. Yeah, that no truck that did their business. <laughs> <laughs> so because of that, if you're going to go hopping from festival to festival this summer, like we are, and I'm yes. sure most of you are going to do, invest in earplugs. It's it cannot be stressed enough. I've done yeah. it. Lior's done it. They don't have to be expensive it, either. No. And when I say invest, that implies expensive. Does not need to be. Even if you're using those squishy, pillowy marshmallow ones, that's still better than nothing. <laughs> it absolutely. You're just gonna make sure nothing. that they're up to the task of of uh, protecting your ears, which is an important task. So that brings us to this week's episode. Hearing loss began early for Jack Mann, triggered at first by rupturing his eardrum at a concert, which inspired him to create an amazing company. It's called Vibes High Fidelity Earplugs, which are reusable earplugs designed especially for live music. So what they do is they decrease the volume to a safer level, which you will, your mind will be blown at what that level actually is. He's also created this brand of earplugs that they still allow you to hear the sound as clearly as you would. People think that without earplugs, they're hearing it clearly, but they need a filter. You're actually hearing it, you know, the even dirt. more clearly with, with the with earplugs, earplugs. Because they're filtering out the excess noises and the peaks and all that kind of it's thing. Like it's like a literal fil- filter. <laughs> it's a filter. It is a filter, but it's true. And even more than just, you know advocating for this one type of earplug which is is not the only thing to talk about jack is an amazing advocate to spread awareness of hearing loss from live entertainment in general what can be done to protect your hearing health and all while keeping the experience in mind don't berate yourselves for not wearing any lend me those ears and start now here's jack and i hearing each other pretty well i love you oh boy (laughs) oh boy Vibes was originally 
developed from an event that took place in my life about three years ago. I was 26 years old at the time, and I was at a, a concert. Uh, it happened to be a very loud concert, and I ended up actually rupturing my eardrum due to loud sound. And oh. uh, rupturing your eardrum itself is very rare, um, and but but it does happen. And so I had uh, I'd ruptured my eardrum, and I'd I'd gone to the doctor, and the doctor had said, you know, you really need to consider wearing ear protection while you're at live events and music. And for some reason, that was something that I just hadn't considered. I, at the time, was a, a concert junkie, I would say. I was mm-hmm. constantly going to different different shows, maybe multiple times a week. And, and I had never really, really thought to wear ear protection. So I, I did what most people do and, and took the doctor's orders and uh, and tried a pair of foam earplugs at a concert. And and when I did that, I, I kind of quickly realized, hey, wait a minute, this this doesn't feel like the right thing for the right space. And mm. so it muffled the sound, it distorted it, it, it didn't, yes, it didn't it sound good. It didn't out. Feel yeah, good. it doesn't do it properly. So that was the real genesis for wanting to develop something. And I, being a, a, a music goer, I was kind of quite surprised that I was one uneducated on the topic of hearing health in Absolutely. general at, at live music. And, and also that there wasn't really products that had been in my opinion, properly marketed or made available to myself as a concert goer, I was yes. unaware that there was other options. So what EDM concert was this? Oh, Th- do, this do you was, care uh, to tell? <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I love all, all styles of music from jazz to hip hop. I like I like all types of music. This happened to be at an EDM show. It was at a Pretty Lights uh, concert. That was the one that did it to me. So. so so you realized also not only from personal experience, but also that the fact that earbuds weren't actually they were they were out there, but they weren't marketed correctly. So you also recognized a bunch of different needs. Correct. So there there was musicians earplugs were 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 in in the in the space to a degree, but they weren't really being positioned in a way to to be available to to concert goers. And so um so on mass most most people were um and in some instances still are unaware that there's high fidelity ear protection which um well, it's not which allows cool. you to feel, Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. you say that's actually that's actually the best point because the operative words are ear protection. I actually this morning typed into amazon.com ear protection and nothing came up but just normal headphones which is yep. That is frightening that nothing even on the first or second page uh, could potentially just be my location or or what have you. But nothing comes up that actually dictates some sort of uh, product placement of uh, musician custom made earbuds or even the foam ones or even just a book on (laughs) tinnitus or anything. And that's really worrying. And obviously we're in this like generation deaf you know, I think doctors yep. have been warning us for a very long time that noises are getting louder, particularly, obviously, through us wearing earbuds constantly. I'm sure people even listening to this podcast right now are listening to earbuds at a volume that's too high as well without even knowing it. The fact that you created it, unfortunately, from your own instances where you ruptured your eardrum is awful but thankfully you created something that's a little bit more 
accessible and and marketable. Yeah, correct. And th- and that really was the the goal. And to to your point on the the uncool factor, um, <laughs> that that's that's it's a big that's deal. much. It is. It is. And there's this there's this stigma that's around it. And that stigma comes. I think from the the foam protection, which is the standard, and and the reason that is there is because that does take away from the experience, and that does cause you to have, you know, less of a of a sound experience, and so it's been framed up in this way that that is you know uncool. You mean, yeah, but the cheaper ones, which is true, out yes. the sound. So the, the truth is actually the communication is incorrect because obviously if I just stuff the little foam ones into my ear, it will muffle the sound. I won't get the experience that I want. I'll land up taking one out or one will fall out. Um, but if you get the right custom fit earplugs or even just buy $12 earplugs or $20 earplugs that are more for professionals working in the industry, you, it won't muffle out the sound or filter out. It will cancel the noise. So I think people aren't aware that those are available too. They just see it and they're like, firstly, it doesn't look cool. I look like an old person yep. and I can't hear anybody around me. Sure. So, yeah, so that stigma is is still held because of the foam earplug, which is not a good use for concerts. Those are designed for construction sites. Those are designed for, you know, sleeping spouses and, and things of that nature. It's, <laughs> it's not designed spouses. for music. And so um, so that's kind of part of the the shift to the people recognizing and understanding that, that there's there's an issue of, of hearing damage uh, mm-hmm. happening at, at live events, but that also there's a solution to it, one that won't take away from your experience. And, and, I, and I do think that's that's kind of where the where the world is going and hopefully is is more embraced by by the concert world. Where does the responsibility lie then? Do you think that festivals should hand out earbuds? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I do think that in terms of the responsibility of the availability of protection does fall in the entity's sake in terms of the venue, the promoter, or whoever is whoever is creating that sound experience. I do think that the availability is a responsibility of them. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of to each individual, that is the responsibility of themselves. And uh, as we know, every concert has a different sound level. Every seat, every even song may all have different levels. So, so really, um, in an ever-changing kind of sound environment, um, the needs will will shift between the necessity for ear protection. But I do mm-hmm. think that the availability of ear protection is a responsibility of the music entities or venues themselves. And yeah. part of what should come is their social responsibility and uh, towards their f- positive fan experience to say, hey, we want to make these available so that we're sure that we're giving people a uh, not only you know good concert experience from a sound level, but also a healthy one. I totally agree with your point. And it's not a lot to ask, right? It's not a lot to ask, even just a live sporting venue, how loud that is. It's, it's even if you're working there as an usher or selling drinks. I see no nobody with earplugs at those type of events. And it's kind of, you would equate it to, say, a cigarette, how for years and years people just smoked everywhere. It was so readily available. And then only when people started getting ill and passing away from it, did everyone kind of think, oh, hang on, maybe these aren't good for us. And the the numbers are shocking. And I'm not equating hearing loss to dying of cigarettes, but the numbers are frightening, not only in 
for tinnitus or tinnitus, however you choose to pronounce it, but just hearing loss at a young age. And I know Apple, they have a parental control setting where you can set lower sound levels on iPhones and iPods and then lock that in place with a password. So I know that there are ways that certain companies are choosing to prevent it, but I'm not really seeing much happening in terms of just simple education. I loved your site because on your site you give the different decibels for different things. And I think that that's so important. Like normal breathing is 10 decibels. You know, rustling leaves or like a mosquito is 20. Go up to a whisper, which is 30. Quiet office could be 50. You know, and then where does where does music lie? So anything above 85 decibels is damaging to your hearing uh, over a, a certain amount of time. And so I think that the fact that I, I like to get into people's heads is the reality of every time your ears ring, that's irreversible hearing damage. And so that that ringing noise is your cells dying and you can't get that back. And that's something most people don't realize. They think of it as a normal consequence of being in a loud space and really that's that's damage happening. And so to your point, the concert space, concerts will, of course it's a range, but I would say you know it's anywhere from about 95 to sometimes upwards of 110 Wow. Uh, decibels in inside a concert venue. That's insane. Um, I mean, looking at my, di- yeah. I've got this like really handy diagram, which I'll probably post. It's like laughter is 60 to 65 decibels. You say anything over 85, which is kind of the same as a washing machine or a garbage disposal or city traffic noise. I don't think people realize that not only are they listening to things too loudly to drown out other sound, but just standing six feet or something from the speaker could automatically damage your ears. Absolutely. And so it's all a consequence of time when it comes to those decibel levels. And so just to um, put it in perspective for people, at 100 decibels, within 15 minutes, you're doing damage to your hearing of exposure time. So if you're in a concert venue for 15 minutes and it's 100 dB, you'll be doing damage. And that time gets cut in half every three decibels that it goes up. So at 103 decibels, it's only seven and a half minutes. At 106, it's you know only three. And if you were to walk into a room uh, with 112 decibels, it's instantaneous. And so it's frightening. Like, yeah. And even just, I mean, for me during this process for the last few years, I've been trying to not only bring light to the situation, but also learn from my own personal experience. And the damage, we all know, the damage happens when that sound travels from that earbud into your ear to the cochlear, and then obviously 20-something thousand or 30,000 hair cells transmit that sound to the brain. So I understand the science behind it, but I don't think people realize how simply being unaware of how loud things are and how loud they are using their devices or how little they are doing in terms of ear protection, I don't think people realize how they are shaving off those hair cells. I think one of the doctors explained to me last year that they saw the hair cells like grass. Once you cut that grass, it doesn't grow back. You know, once that grass, which I'm sure is what happened to you. That's it's... a great way to put it. I've never heard that that analogy before, mm. but that is a good way to put it. And I think that's a, a issue of people not realizing is because it's not, you know, mine was acute damage and the rupturing of it, but the hearing loss is is gradual over time. And it's like chipping, you know, a block of ice or as you put, you know, cutting, trimming the the grass uh, mm. lower and lower. And so 
Um, so it happens it happens over time, not instantaneously. So people aren't as aware of it, but it really is an issue. We, we often relate it to you know other protective measures that that people would take and can can draw parallels to say like skin damage is a is an mm. example something people weren't very aware of maybe many a few decades ago. Um, yes. But you mean those people the, cooking with like cooking oil? <laughs> cooking sure, exactly. Skin. Tanning with cooking oil <laughs> and a, a reflective, uh, a reflective yeah. sheet or something. And and now today it is it is unlikely that someone would go out in the sun for many many hours without applying sunscreen. And so I think that's that's a pretty good example of of kind of what the the hearing world is like too. To say people aren't as aware. And they're not sure of the damages, and and we do need to take extra precautions to do something about it, um, similar to to the way that we wear sunscreen. In terms of creating the Vibes earplugs, how did, did you partner with a professional specializing in hearing loss? How did you actually create an earplug that you feel confident would decrease? the damage to the ear. Sure. So so we worked with audiologists and, and product designers. I myself am not an audiologist or have a medical background, but I, I leaned on those that were that were smarter than me in that space. Um, and we were working to develop something that specifically was designed for the music space. So we wanted it to to be at the decibel reduction level where it was putting you into a safe space for your normal concert, maybe a length of about two to three hours. So it was reducing the appropriate amount of, of, of decibels. Mm. Um, it wasn't reducing too much. And then also it was reducing those equally between bass and treble. So it's filtering the sound the same way that your ear filters the sound. And so you still hear it with the same clarity or simply put, it's like a volume knob on your world, it's not distorting the sound. Um, right. And that was done through a lot of testing through sound labs and different testing methods to develop the product that we now have today. So what what makes it different to everything else that's out there? Tell me what is the differentiator in terms of what's on the market at the moment? The major difference is, is going to be between how it filters the sound and to what level it filters the sound. So the other product that you described just does it a bit differently in terms of reduction and how the filtration works. We are unique in, in, in most instances in terms of we have multiple tip sizes, uh, small, medium, and large, which can be interchanged. Mm -hmm. And so that that allows for proper fit and a much more comfortable fit. And then we also have a have a give back tied in with our our, uh, product, which is part of our kind of larger mission. So each each pair that's purchased gives back to a uh, hearing foundation, which provides other people with hearing aids or, or surgeries. We kind of developed this this cycle within the product where you can protect your own hearing and also give someone else right. the, the power to hear. What is the what is the project called and what is the company that you give back to? So we work with an organization called Hear the World Foundation out of uh, Switzerland. They are uh, the foundation arm to Sonova, uh, which is a, a hearing solutions company. And so we, we donate with them and we now have a Vibes project in Lima, Peru, uh, where we're screening 30,000 children over the next two years for different uh, hearing health issues and then supplying those in need with hearing aids or, or surgeries uh, if they need it. So and from just a base level, let's go back to do you see a lot of people wearing 
earplugs like when you go to a concert or to a festival what are, are you like tuned in superhero you know all your spidey <laughs> senses are you looking around for that the majority are still not and I, I am very aware when I am at shows obviously it's something that's more on my mind than others and so I am kind of glancing around or or, or checking out the people people around me some of the hearing protection is is rather discreet which is a good thing and you, you can't really see it's being worn ours is in that nature as well but in general, I still think that the usage is low, but but it is growing. And so over the past few years, I, I have seen more and more people wearing uh, high fidelity ear protection or just ear protection in general. But the majority is still still going unprotected. Obviously, the damage that was done for you at the concert was life changing. What kind of damage can be done? What are the, what are the potentials on the damage uh, scale? So my my case was quite rare in terms of actually rupturing an eardrum. It, it, a loud sound. It is possible, but mine was mine was quite rare. In general, the normal thing will be a slow decline of of hearing health, uh, where your hearing will will slowly deplete over time, and you will likely need a hearing aid much earlier in life than, so like skin, than you likely want to. <laughs> yes, so like the skin uh, skin care exactly prolonged um, over life. Yes, okay. And then I would say that the biggest and most profound issue, which is actually quite common, is tinnitus or tinnitus, as you put, which is which is a, a ringing in the ear, and uh, it. It really is a life-changing issue for many people. That same kind of ringing or buzz that you might feel after you walk out of a loud environment is one that just doesn't go away. And so you have this constant ringing in your ear, uh, which can't go away. And it, it actually drives people to to almost uh, insanity in some in some instances because you have this constant ringing and there's really no way to to get rid of it. And so many musicians deal with it as well as mm -hmm. uh, some frequent concert goers. But I think that's probably the the largest kind of the most profound factor. And and then I would also say that, um, you know, it's something that until you you use them, it, it seems counterintuitive a bit, but it really is a better concert experience if you're Absolutely. in that lot of an experience. And it so, makes it sound so much better. And that's yes. the thing that people don't realize is that sure, it like looks uncool, you know, so do sunglasses indoors. But, you know, people sure. do that <laughs> anyway. But you're right. that That's a really good point. It really does enhance the experience if you get the right ones. Right. That's the disclaimer. And, and that's the hard part to get into people where it, it seems counterintuitive, but but really when, when the sound is too loud your your body is physically not able to take in all of that sound around you and so therefore it's uh it's it's distorted in a way where your your body cannot consume that much sound and so if you you do wear high fidelity hearing protection it, it will actually sound better and mm -hmm. clearer more balanced i also think it cuts down on crowd noise i'm sometimes a yes. bit of a concert snob and so if people <laughs> are too chatty around me it, it frustrates me and, uh, yes. and it does kind of lower the volume of those around you as well and can and can kind of hone in a bit more on on the sound you came to hear so it really does though and I think that that's the issue is that if people are, are taking public transport sitting on a train on a bus they'll pump up their volume to a hundred percent to drown out the outside noise and the truth is is that that's all cosmetic it's not to drown it out you need a noise cancelling earbuds yes. you need noise cancelling headphones to filter out yeah. the 
the bad noises. That's also important. Like the type of communication that needs to happen needs to be at the base level. Remember your phone, your wallet and your earbuds. You know, it's yes, not, yes. It's, it's like there was a campaign in, in South Africa where I'm from. It was called Slip Slap Slop about obviously skincare. So you slip on, you know, your t- yep. T-shirt when you're out in the sun, you s- slap on your sunscreen. And I don't know what the slop was. Maybe that's another sound for for sunscreen. But those campaigns are not readily available. And I feel like it's because it's not seen as immediate. As you mentioned, your case was specific. Yeah, correct. And 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 that is the education piece that's missing for people. And, and it does seem like, a, you know, the World Health Organization came out with a, a study somewhat recently, which was describing kind of the issues we've been talking about in terms of hearing health and the average uh, kind of throughout your, your daily life. It concluded that a big Billion people are, are at risk of hearing loss. Oh my gosh! And due to the the modern world around us, 440 million of those are due to loud sound, due to live events, concerts, sports, uh, and different different environments like that. So where the, the sound around you is is amplified, and the the other you know around 600 million is due to people's personal hearing devices mm-hmm. like your headphones, your speakers, and uh, and things of that nature. And so it really is a large world health issue, and one that I think has some simple solutions for people to, to to take care of themselves. You know, you'd noted earlier the the headphones. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people wearing headphones, sometimes I cringe when you see the, the cheap Apple headphones, Apple headphones and they're, yeah. and they're in a, on an airplane and they have it cranked to all the way up mm. and they're sitting there for maybe a six hour flight. Um, That's so I mean, true. That and also, why don't you know? Airplanes do give the the foam earbuds, but they don't they don't stop you from using. You almost should be stopped from being you know from being out in public, especially at a concert on an airplane at a live sporting event, anywhere where the noise is at its peak. You should be thrown out if you don't have the right protection. Yeah, a big piece of it is looking at it from the the macro perspective of the just where the modern world is today. So if you think back to what our bodies were designed for. And you look at the natural world. The natural world is not that loud of a place. And the loudest things out there might be a bolt of lightning or a lion's roar. And those things are are designed to harm or, or kill you. And so they should be loud. And then you look at the modern world today and you have buses and cars mm-hmm. and speakers and loudspeakers and headphones and uh, you know, movie theaters and, and exercise classes and all these different places where we're being constantly bombarded with sound. And our bodies just aren't designed for it. And so those things aren't inherently bad, but we need to find technologies and behaviors and habits that that are that are working towards keeping ourselves safe. And I, I recently had listened to a, a podcast talking about the issue of plastics in the world and mm-hmm. how plastics aren't um, aren't inherently bad, but we couldn't have foreseen decades later what they would have done on an environmental basis. And I think there's a lot of parallels that can be drawn there when it comes to to hearing health in the similar ways that technology has kind of taken a step ahead of our hearing health when it comes to the sound that we're we're creating in this world um, mm-hmm. and so yes as festival season approaches and and people are, are are getting into more and more concerts I think same way that that you you need to be thinking about your kind of holistic health in terms of wearing your sunscreen, drinking water, mm-hmm. um, you know, filling up your Camelback before before a show, uh, eating healthy, and all these other types of things you know hearing health is something people really need to be thinking about too not only obviously festival or venue owners do you think that the musicians should also have some sort of responsibility i mean i won't name names but i was not able to at certain festivals 
where it's a certain genre of music where it just gets louder and louder. I wasn't even able to shoot that from the pit as a photographer because it was way too loud even over my professional earbuds. And so I had to move back and I couldn't believe that there were these like zombies in the front row like, yeah. <laughs> getting lifted by the sound, it, which is what it looked like. Like if sound had some sort of, if you could see sound, it was overwhelming. And so do you think that there's a responsibility for the musician or the performer in terms of ear protection as well? Should they put their music lower softer should they use correct amps because it's also how that sound is being filtered out the responsibility issue i think maybe is more in line with with them wanting to to promote it again the the responsibility of the artist in terms of what sound systems they're using who the sound technician is at that time what the sound space is i think these are ever ever changing um kind of sound experiences mm -hmm. and, and it really is hard to draw the the line to one key key person to be responsibility. And that's why I think that personal hearing protection really puts the fan in control and allows you to kind of dictate what, what you do to the point of hearing in, in types of regulation for, mm. for sound. Some countries have implemented that. I think Switzerland is one of them that, uh, that does have, have an actual mandated regulation on, on decibel levels. Mm. Um, but I do also know that that can take away from the experience in certain situations. So the reason that those are, that it's so loud up front is because people in the back need to hear as well. I think that hearing protection is a good solution for, for the whole sound space for mm. those uh, up front could be wearing hearing protection, those in back could be not, and you could all have an equal kind of experience. Mm. Um, so it really is a, a tough one with a lot of nuances when it comes to how sound is being created and uh, how people are are um, positioning themselves around that. What is your hope for the future, considering that you are from a company that really tries to do its best to not only educate the masses, but also not overbrand. You know, you do it really for the right reasons. You give back. My real hope is probably twofold, one of which is that the music entities themselves really do kind of take notice and do kind of get behind ear protection at, at concerts as a whole. And I think that's something that's kind of been missing. I think that may be part of a, a fear of responsibility. And on the other hand, I hope people themselves, just on a on a personal level, more and more, really do give it a give it a try and try using it. And and again, I love music at the end of the day. And that's why I created this. That's why I kind of went on this mission was I love music. I want to keep hearing music and I want to hear music well when I'm when I'm enjoying it. And so I think I, I really do you know, kind of on a, a bigger level, want to create a better concert experience for people. And so if if high fidelity ear protection um, and vibe specifically is a way to do that, you know, that's that's the world that I that I hope for. How how else are you trying to make people more aware? We're involved with many different sponsorships and communications with many festivals music publications, many different many different music related publications, as well as uh, being on site at certain events and things that make sense for us. Outside of music, we are also involved. The, the use of high fidelity protection, you know, extends outside of music for kind of any loud environment where you need to be able to talk or communicate. And so we're also inv involved with with people in different industries like uh, event photography, bartenders, people who are maybe working in a loud environment and still need to be able to communicate. Um, uh, one other space where uh, high fidelity ear protection is, is very useful is people who've had sensory 
sensory disorders or issues. And so people who have autism or other types of sensory processing disorders, uh, their world is just natural world is too loud for them. And so wearing high fidelity ear protection allows them to kind of manage that. And so we've become heavily also involved in the, the autism community through different uh, walks and communications and uh and ways to kind of connect with that community as well so mm-hmm. so concerts is is our main focus but we're also involved with the loud world around us in mm-hmm. in all aspects that's really wonderful because it doesn't just stop at concerts i think that that's the difference as we were talking about earlier a quiet office is at 60 decibels and you said that music over 85 could potentially damage an eardrum yeah, it's a consequence of time and and sound, but uh, generally speaking, anything over uh, 85 for an extended amount of time will will do damage. And and uh, one more point on that, people don't always realize too, is it 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 builds up over time throughout the day. So mm-hmm. um, if you wake up in the morning and take the bus and then get into the office and have your headphones on and then leave and go to a spin class at a loud gym and then from there go to a concert mm. um it's it's all accumulated throughout the day it's not mm. it's not necessarily that one event so it's it's all building up as well i know that they say they um you know the the world health organization and a lot of health specialists they say that you shouldn't really listen to anything directly obviously you shouldn't have earbuds but you shouldn't be listening to anything for longer than 60 minutes which in the age of podcasts, uh, in the age sure. of music and Spotify streaming and how accessible things are, that's impossible. Can you imagine somebody only listening to something on their headphones for 60 minutes a day? But it's almost like we all should be like rigged up with a decibel meter, some sort of sure. <laughs> some sort of reader around us. Yeah, and in that, in that space, investing in a good pair of headphones is worth it. And so whether those are noise canceling or or an in-ear headphone that keeps around the, the sound uh, down around you. It does matter. The cheap headphones, uh, you're going to have to crank them up because they're not they're not creating a seal around your ear or, or mm. canceling the noise around you. So in that space, people really, if you are someone who listens to music all day or for hours at a time or podcasts or is, is constantly listening to music while you're traveling, it, in, invest in a pair of, of headphones that actually uh, is is really blocking out that sound around you uh, to limit that. And do you want to just tell me where we can find your earplugs and and how easy it is to just purchase them online? Yeah, so um, we sell on our website, discovervibes.com, uh, as well as on Amazon US and Amazon throughout the EU. So wherever I am in the world. And then we also ship internationally through through our website anywhere in the world. I know that there's obviously so much to say about this and obviously more importantly, so much to learn, but thank you for shining a little bit of light onto the situation. I think that it's crucial that we chat about it and you've created something that's pretty easy to, you just put them in your ears. There's no... That's our show for this week. Thank you for tuning in. For the millions of people facing this reality every day, there is still so, so, so much to say and more importantly, a lot to learn. And as Jack said, that people really didn't realize that sunburn was even a thing back in the day and or cigarettes. Nobody knew that they were harmful. And so this is exactly up in that 
higher echelon of terrifying things. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Discover Vibes and head to discovervibes.com to find out more. This Must Be The Gig is produced by Adam Kibble and we'd like to thank Billy Yost and The Kickback for our theme song, Rube, and buy their music at thekickbackband.com. Lexi Frame for the artwork, Daniel Brater and Dean Berger for the additional sound design, and the Consequence Podcast Network where you'll find a bunch of other amazing shows. If you've listened this far, why not go the extra mile and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. Your comments provide valuable feedback for us and it helps other people find us too. For information on new episodes, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram at TMBTGPod and generally just irritate everyone you know about the show. Thanks again and I miss you already. Consequence Podcast Network.